Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. So today's paper is capturing semantic similarity for entity linking with convolutional neural network. Um, it's a paper published in ACL 2016, written by Matthew Francis Lando, Greg Durrett, and Dan Klein at Berkeley. Following our discussion on entity linking in the previous episode, um, this paper also addresses this task by, by using a convolutional neural network to encode each of the mentioned an entity that we're trying to uh, score at different levels of granularity and populates a matrix of cosine similarities which, are then, which is then used as inputs for a logistic regression layer. So you have in this task a set of mentions, which are noun phrases that you see in text, and a set of entities in a knowledge base. And so what, what exactly is this doing? How is it encoding things? And what's this similarity matrix it's computing? Right. So let's take one entity, one mention at a time and consider each of the possible or the candidate uh, entities we're trying to evaluate. Um, and the goal of this model is to give it a score or a probability. Um, and then the features that you use in order in a logistic regression uh, model to compute this probability is uh, going to be in induced using a convolutional neural network. In particular, they have uh, they try to encode each of the mention and entity into a fixed length um, uh, fixed length embedding, which um, it, and both of them will live in the same space and they measure the cosine similarity and that would be our features. Uh, but instead of only taking an encoding of the mentioned text, like the phrase um, convolutional neural network models, or oh, that's a terrible use, that's a terrible example. Um, not not for your application. That you're doing entity linking on academic papers, so that indeed is a good mention for you. Right, right? but let's say pre President Barack Obama, right? Okay. That that's uh, that's a reasonable mention, and there are many uh, entities that potentially could match this mention. So one thing you can do is just encode the text of the mention and the title of the entity and see um, the compute the cosine similarity between these two. And they do that. But they also encode more bigger context for the mention uh, at different granularities. Uh, so just the, uh, the few words around the mention and also the entire document. And uh, two granularities for the entity. So the, the encode, it's uh, just the title and also the uh, description of the entity from the knowledge base. And um, each of these pairwise comparisons for, for the, each granularity of, from the mention and each granularity for the entity is compared uh, using cosine similarity. And then these are used as features for the logistic regression model. So this sounds pretty similar to a lot of entity linking papers that I've seen before, where essentially you're computing a similarity between mentions and entities using some kind of score that sounds in the end pretty similar to what you just described. So what's novel to this particular paper? Um, I think the point of the paper is trying to get rid of um, handwritten features and use a convolutional network instead, um, which hasn't been done with much success in the past. Um, and in this paper, actually, they don't show that it's sufficient. So they find uh, one of the results, or I think the main result in the paper is that you actually need to, you still need to add uh, the sparse features that people have had in, in, in the past in order to, go, to get a competitive uh, performance. Do you have some examples of what these sparse features are? 
One important sparse feature that uh, has been used in the past and they use in this paper is uh, the number of times um, the mention has been used as a in a hyperlink to that Wikipedia entity. So that only works for Wikipedia, of course, but um, that's what uh, most of the data sets uh, use anyway. Another cool thing that they do in this paper is that um, they introduce a latent variable to capture different subsequences in the mention and marginalize them before computing the probability for a given uh, pair of uh, an entity and a mention. So this is useful because sometimes the mention identification, when you, we do uh, the mention extraction, we may include a word that is not very important uh, or relevant to the mention, or for the linking at least. Um, or we may include some punctuation or, um, um, or, or an article. And sometimes it's useful to remove, uh, to, remove, to remove this. And this has been done before by the same authors in, uh, in a previous paper in 2014. Um, so they do the same thing here. So essentially what you're saying is we have some noun phrase that we want to link to some entity. But we may, uh, whatever we use to do mention detection to decide what noun phrases should be linked might have messed up. And so if we consider only, like, we could look at all possible subspans within this noun phrase and uh, compute the sum of the probabilities of the match with that subspan and the uh, entity that we're trying to find. Is that essentially what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. And, and you do this um, before you compute. That's how you compute the uh, marginal probability for a given entity mentioned pair. Okay. So what was interesting about the results? So one thing that is uh, an interesting result is that the paper shows that using different granularities is actually important. So if you use only the smallest granularity, just the entity mentioned itself and the title of the uh, entity, you get around 80% uh, on one of the data sets. And if you use the biggest context, the entire document for, from the uh, mention and the entire document from the uh, entity, you get a performance of around 77% on the same data set. But if you use all the different granularities, um, you get 84.8. Uh, so it's uh, much better than either using either of them. And so what this means by using different granularities, you run a CNN encoder on the mentioned text itself? and on the entity text itself. That's and, true. Uh, and then you, in addition to that, run a, run a CNN encoder on the entire document and on the entire entity description. Is this is this what you're saying? Correct. And all of them are using the same parameters because we want them to be in the same space. And then in the end, we concatenate the, the vectors that we get out from both CNNs and use that as our feature set for the final layer. Is that what's going on? Uh, we actually just use the cosine similarity scores. Uh, and you... Uh, so, okay, so that's essentially a feature vector of length one, which is the cosine similarity, and, you're, and you still use both of those as features in your final, in your final model, right? So every pair of, uh, of granularities, so the entity mention, um, sorry, the entity title and the mention uh, text will give you one cosine similarity score. And then the document level, uh, the document context compared to the uh, entity title will give you a different cosine similarity score, and each of them will be one of the features used in the layer, in the logistic regression layer. Okay. In addition to the sparse features, so the, the man manually defined features, which turn out to be important.
just to quantify how important adding it is to add these parse features, um, we get a boost of 5% uh, scores from 84.5 to 89.9 uh, on one of the data sets. And other, most data sets have a similar um, behavior. Um, so it's, it's fairly important to still use the sparse features. This is different than uh, previous work on um, on different tasks in uh, in NLP, which, to the most part, we're able to completely get rid of uh, hand-tuned features. I think it's actually pretty similar to work on with other knowledge bases. So knowledge base completion, I spend most of my thesis thinking about knowledge base completion, and their sparse features are really pretty important. Because if you think about it, um, the facts that you see in a knowledge base are of necessity sparse or full, like. If you think about, uh, think of this in terms of rank of the underlying KB tensor, uh, the tensor is going to have very high rank, because if you look at a relation like married to, uh, this is essentially a permutation matrix between entities in the, in the knowledge base, right? Because uh, typically one person is married to one other person, or at most a few other per a few other people over the course of their life, right? And so, uh, because this information is very sparse. Uh, it's just not possible to capture it in some low-dimensional, low-rank representation. Just that's linear algebra. And so in these situations, having access to a sparse knowledge source uh, at prediction time is incredibly helpful. I think what you're saying is uh, we don't have enough training data to learn uh, this much information for each specific entity. Um, is that right? Because it seems to me that also um, there is a huge uh, var variation in, in linguistic, uh, in semantics and in syntax, uh, which dense vectors were able to learn, but maybe because we have much more data there. I think it's just a notion of how how big is your representation. Uh, you you cannot encode a matrix of rank a hundred by a dot product of two vectors of rank five. It's just not possible. This is just math. And so it, it's more a nature of how sparse is the information that you're trying to encode, and what is the size of the representation you're trying to use to encode it. Why do you think this is different than um, the PyDef problem? There you, you also have uh, a pair, uh, a question, and a, a context. And there is a huge variability, and it's the meaning is, is fairly sparse, uh, as far as I can tell. Models like BIDAF that work on squad are trying to do some kind of coarse similarity matching between the words that it sees in the question and words that it sees in a, in a passage of text. And this is pretty easy to do and, and very well suited to the low-dimensional, dense representations that we learn in BioSTMs and word vectors and all of this. But it's not half. In squad, you don't have to do inference over sparse facts. And um, I don't know, so, something that's closer to like a memory network kind of representation that lets you do multi-hop reasoning over some kind of encoding of facts might be more suited to this. Memory networks have their own issues. But um, you just you can't reason over, you, you can't encode sparse information inside the weights of a neural net. It's just not going to happen. If you want to be able to reason over these sparse facts, you need to have access to them at runtime. Yeah, I mean, the sparse features they use, at least in this paper, don't really um, exploit the fine-grained um, 
facts that uh, that that are impossible to encode. That's that's why I'm I'm not sure if that's the reason um, the CNN the, the pure uh, CNN features are not sufficient. Okay. Okay, that was interesting. So moving back to the paper, do you have any other high-level takeaways from what you read in this paper? Well, there was one uh, point which uh, was discussed in a previous episode that the choice of word vectors is uh, important, right? So uh, they compared two uh, different uh, corpora for evaluate for computing their for estimating the word embeddings, um, and they fixed the uh, word embedding representation while model, while training the model. And it turns out uh, the the embeddings learned from Wikipedia text, uh, even though it's like the size of the corpus was much smaller than the Google News corpus, it was much better. It was um, maybe not much, like 1% better, um, but that's that's a result that we've seen before uh, in other papers. Um, one thing that um, I was a little bit disappointed about is that it, the paper didn't compare to previous to many previous results in entity linking um, they do have two points of comparison um, but they could have made many more because some of the data sets they used have have been extensively used in previous publications uh, so for example the previous the paper we discussed last week even though the approach is fairly simple um, and um, yeah they, they don't really train any models they use off-the-shelf models to the most part um, it performs fairly close to uh, the, the best model presented in this paper um, on one of the data sets which is comparable. I guess in fairness to them, it, this is a short paper and they were trying to make a pretty focused point, I imagine. Do you think they established the point they were trying to make? Yeah, I mean, um, this is one of the very few papers I could find that apply uh, neural networks on the entity linking problem. I imagine many other people have tried and failed. So the fact that they got it to work to a competitive, um, w with a competitive result, is worth noting. And the comparisons they make, the detailed uh, comparison between uh, different granularities, is uh, is worth publishing. Okay, great. Thanks, Walid, for that discussion. Next time we'll move away from entity linking, uh, but to a similar kind of problem with a paper called "Finding News Citations for Wikipedia."